Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. Whenever you're listening to this, happy pre Fourth of July uh, week. I guess we're we're kind of we're pre gaming Fourth of July already. Fourth of July next Tuesday. Uh, we will be off next Tuesday. No podcast next Tuesday due to the Fourth of July Fourth uh, of July holiday, and then um, we'll be back in office Wednesday, but you know, that entire week's going to be a lot of catching up at that point. So kind of got to put the podcast on the back burner for next week, but we're here this week. Uh, not a whole lot to talk about, to be honest with you. The sports world's been a little bit quiet. We had the, the angels hang 25 on the Rockies. We may get out of that, get into that a little bit. It feels like it, that's just kind of been, even though the Rockies ended up winning that series, it does just kind of feel like, I mean, that's peak Rockies at this point. You know what I mean? Like they just, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but First, I want to say na- happy national. I haven't done this the last couple podcasts. It is June 27th, Tuesday, June 27th. Happy national bingo day to all who celebrate. I know the old folks homes. I know they're going to be celebrating. If it's national bingo, it's national bingo day for them every single week. Really? Uh, no hatred. No hatred towards the bingo people. I get it. I'm, I'm a crossword guy myself, and that is seen as kind of a an old hobby, I, but I love doing crosswords, so I get it. You know, no big deal. Bingo's fun. It's, it's fun for the whole family, and it's really easy to grasp, you know? Roll a couple balls, grab out the ball, call it out. Hey, is this your number? Blank, blank, blank. And then you get five uh, five matching, and boom, you win. Pretty easy to grasp, which is understandable why it uh, why it catches on so well. So happy National Bingo Day. It's National Sunglasses Day as well. If you go outside right now here in the Sheridan area, you probably won't need them because it is very cloudy outside, and it has been for, feels like, I feel like I'm living in the Pacific Northwest right now. It, it, that's kind of what it's felt like over the past like three weeks. Uh, it's been nothing but cloudy. We've had a lot of rain, thunderstorms here and there. We had a tornado warning and a hail warning not too long ago. I think it was last Friday, which you don't get that very often here in the Sheridan area. So uh, haven't haven't had a need for national sun, or for sunglasses uh, and National Sunglasses Day in the past few weeks. But you know what? Maybe that changes today. With National Sunglasses Day, maybe summer actually shows up and comes around the corner. Uh, we also have uh, Happy National Decide to Get Married Day. Uh, congrats to all those that do decide to get married today. Uh, I am not, and I'm not deciding to get married at all, to be honest with you at this point. But uh, to those that are deciding, congrats. You know, hopefully that dress fits. Hopefully the dress, hopefully you say yes to the dress, brides-to-be. Uh, also happy, it's weird that these two fall on the same day. This is a little weird. Uh, happy National HIV Testing Day. Go get tested if you are sexually active. I'm putting a PSA out there for all. Go get tested. It's weird that that does happen to be on the happy national decide to be married day. Uh, that seems like bad planning, to be honest with you. They should have probably moved those around, uh, having both of those on the same day. Seems like a mess up, but, you know, it's whatever. But happy, happy national HIV testing day as well. Go and get tested. You know, you never know, okay? Practice safe sex. National ice cream cake day. Love a good ice cream cake. I'm not, I mean, it's not my favorite, I'll be honest with you. Ice cream cake, it's okay. You know, it, it feels like... You know, it, it takes cake to the next level to the point where it doesn't kind of need to be, you know. I'm totally okay with a little cake and ice cream. But on top of one other, you know, I could, you know, there's there's really good ice cream cakes. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's uh, there's stuff that I'm missing out on. But, you know, it's not my favorite. But, you know, I can get down with it during the summer, obviously. It's not the worst thing in the world. But, you know, I'm totally okay with a little, a typical cake, frosted cake with, like, ice cream on the side. That makes more sense to me than just a full-on ice cream cake. Not for me. That leads me into National Onion Day. Shout-out onions. Well, you know, maybe not shout-out onions. Onions are pretty good. I'll have them with just about 
anything like a, they're great on top of stuff on, on, you know, as something that you put with a salad or burgers or something like that. Sure. That's great. I would, I would even, I would even say possibly on top of a hot dog if you are so inclined, no big deal there, but happy national onion day to all those that celebrate. Maybe go make some caramelized onions when you get home, something like that. That'd be very cool. And national gym day. J I M by the way, not G Y M. Uh, I do not go by Jim, but my grandfather on my dad's side did go by Jim. That is partially the reason I am named James, but, uh, it is also why, uh, they don't want me. My parents don't want me to be called Jim because Jim is grandpa Jim. It is not grandpa James is grandpa Jim. And now it's James. So that's the story of Jim and my family. Uh, say what's up to all the gyms out there to any of the gyms out there that are, uh, you know, Hanging about. Not a lot of gyms these days, to be honest with you. I'm thinking about it. It feels like it's kind of an older name. Uh, but James, not an older name, a la James Timberlake. Welcome to the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're all having a fantastic June 27th. This is the show, uh, and we're going to talk some sports. Like I said, it, there's not a lot going on, to be honest with you. It's a lot of baseball stuff. We just had the NBA draft, uh, but I think I've talked about this before. It is hard to really talk about the NBA draft outside of like the first two or three picks because it takes a while and it's so hard to really put an estimate on how good a lot of these guys are going to be with the NBA because of how it's kind of formed around, um, you, you know, there's like, you know, like I said, the, the top two or three rookies are the ones that are going to be playing one, the most minutes and two having the bigger effect on, on the actual team that they're drafted for. Um, and then, you know, there are outliers here and there. Obviously, it's not just the top one, two, or three guys. Uh, and you have busts everywhere, of course. Um, but it is hard to really get excited for people from the NBA or players in the NBA draft. One, because it's not marketed very well, in my opinion. Just the the players coming into the NBA draft are not marketed very well outside of your uh, Victor Wimbanyamas and, uh, you know, your Scoot Hendersons and those guys. And then, you know, Bronny James, when he eventually comes into the league, your Zion Williamson's, your John Morant's, that whole group. Uh, but after that, your, you know, pick 10 through 30 is just not a very well-marketed um, group of players. And that kind of just goes for every single, uh, every single draft that we see in the NBA draft. And, and the other thing is a lot of the, the talent that you see in college basketball, um, the, the big names that you see in college basketball don't necessarily, their game doesn't necessarily translate very well for the most part. I mean, maybe not even for the most part, it might be a more uh, minuscule, but you know, the, the amount of superstars quote unquote that you get in college basketball is pretty few and far between. Um, but sometimes in, in this past year in, in heading into this draft, uh, this, this most recent draft, especially, um, some of the biggest names in college basketball were not even names that were, um, on draft boards. Oscar Shibway played for Kentucky. He was the national player of the year two years ago. Um, he went undrafted. He's going to in the process of signing uh, as an undrafted free agency uh, after undrafted free agent, excuse me. And then a guy like Drew Timmy from Gonzaga, who feels like was at Gonzaga for like 10 years, but he was only there for uh, maybe, maybe five years. <laughs> uh, but uh, he went undrafted as well. He's going to sign on as an undrafted free agent. And just the, the, the separation between college basketball in terms of the style of play that they have in the, in college basketball versus, or, or I guess I should say what really dominates college basketball versus what teams are looking for in the NBA is such a drastic difference. Um, 
you know, you're looking for a lot more floor spacers. The post guys are kind of non-existent at this point, unless, and even like the tall, even the biggest guy that was drafted, uh, Victor Wimbanyama in this draft, he is not a guy that you're going to see down in the post in the past two drafts, two of the top three guys, um, Chet Holmgren and Victor Wimbanyama are guys that you are not going to see very often down in the low post, even though they're pushing Victor Wimbanyama over seven feet, Chet Holmgren, think also over seven feet, but at the very least pushing seven feet, you're not going to see those guys in the post and in college basketball. It's a different story. Guys like drew Timmy, Oscar Shibuya, like I said, they dominated the game in the post, in the low post. Drew Timmy was a great uh, mid range scorer as well, which is not something that you see very often in the NBA anymore. It's kind of a lost art at this point. It's seen as wasted possessions. Even if you make a mid range jump shot, it seemed like a wasted possession because you get a higher percentage shot down lower to the basket, or you have a lower percentage shot, but is worth more points at the three point line. So it feels like a wasted basket when you have somebody shooting mid-rangers and that's their specialty. And that's why you don't see that sort of uh, player who kind of specializes in that area, the low post, the mid-range uh, get as highly, unless they're very good defensively, um, which Drew Timmy or Oscar Shibway weren't the best defensively. Shibway was a very good rebounder, um, but you know, neither were that special defensively. Um, but even then, uh, you know, you're not going to see, a top 10 pick used on somebody that's, you know, only a low post guy that can play very good defense. It's not, it doesn't happen very often. Uh, not, any, not anymore. Anyways, um, you need to have the people that are versatile enough to be able to defend down low, especially the bigger guys the defend down low in the low post, and then also be able to go out to the three point line to guard guys like Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Trey young, uh, when they are eventually screened and then switched for. So when it comes to, the draft itself, seeing those guys like Drew Timmy and Oscar Shibwe, and the list goes on for a lot of those guys, especially in this draft, um, who were superstars in college basketball. They were said uh, to be the best players in college basketball. And this doesn't go, you know, this isn't full sweeping. Uh, there are plenty of players that were in college basketball that were very good players that ended up getting drafted, but they weren't just, um, you know, they weren't maybe uh, knocking on the door of player of the year nominations or anything like that. But, um, when you see those guys like that go undrafted and you see their game, according to scouts and NBA GMs, not be able to uh, really fit the mold of what the current NBA teams are trying to go for, it feels like it can really hurt the way that we view the NBA draft because we'll be seeing guys uh, where, you know, big NBA or NCAA basketball or NBA fans watch and be like, oh, yeah, I know him. I watched him all year. But to the common fan, for the most part, they'll be like, no idea who that is. I don't understand. And similar to, you know, in, in football, I guess is what I would say. Um, I think the difference about football is other than offensive linemen uh, and even, you know, offensive linemen that they can have an immediate effect on their team if they're on their team, if they're very good as well, but it's harder to see if you're, you know, watching football and see an offensive lineman really play, you know, out of his mind or, or very well, you know, that's something that's not the easiest thing to spot in the world. Um, but you know, somebody like a wide receiver or running back quarterbacks that are drafted, it's an immediate effect. They are uh, not necessarily the focal point of the offense, but you could see them. And when a wide receiver goes and catches a ball for 15 yards, oh, that's good. If he has over 700 yards on the season, seven touchdowns, you know, 70 catches, 70 plus catches on the season. Oh, that's a very good season. It's a little bit different for something like the NBA because 
you're getting into uh, how many minutes did he play points per game and how effective was he when, when he was on the court versus off the court, that sort of thing. How good was he on defense? Because you got guys playing both sides of the ball, not like football, obviously. Uh, and then, you know, that entire thing just becomes kind of taxing because it feels like you're watching. You don't necessarily understand what you're watching, if that makes sense. Um, and I'm one of these people, you know, I watch outside of the first, I watched most of the draft this past week. Um, but outside of the first three picks, I was like, I don't know who a lot of these guys are. I didn't watch a lot of them in college basketball. And that's the other problem is they have a really bad issue on their hands making. I mean, it's, it's probably not an issue for the NCAA because they probably feel like they're uh, in good hands when it comes to their tournament and the fact that everybody turns their TVs on to watch the tournament during March. Um, but their regular season is, I think, in the grand scheme of things, something that not a lot of people pay attention to. It's just not something that a lot of people want to watch college basketball, uh, just regular season college basketball, when you know you have this massive tournament coming in March that's going to you know, really take up all your energy at that point in time. Regular season college basketball just kind of pales in comparison to what you have coming up in March. And that's when a lot of people are introduced to a lot of these players. But then again, like I said, those guys like Oscar Shibwe, Andrew Timmy, who dominate that tournament most of the time, Shibwe, uh, did not dominate the tournament two years ago when he uh, he and Kentucky got uh, got ousted in the first round and then ousted in the second round in the most recent March Madness tournament as well. But with that being said, uh, Drew Timmy has been very dominant in the NCAA tournament over the past you know two, three years. He's been in the tournament with Gonzaga, um, but it doesn't matter because the style of play doesn't fit what NBA scouts are looking for, NBA GMs are looking for as the game has changed at the pro level to really uh, value three pointers. It has done less so in uh, in college basketball. Uh, it's you know the the percentages are going up more in college basketball, but not to the extremes that we see. They're going up in the NBA, where essentially, other than you know, other than a guy like Nikola Jokic, who just won MVP, just won or not just won MVP, but did win an NBA Finals, and a guy like Giannis. Um, you know, those are kind of the outliers in that situation where. You have to be the absolute best of the best in or at what you do in the low post. The very like they have to see uh, a future all star slash Hall of Famer in you if you want to be somebody that dominates the low post in the league that they see now and the league that they're playing in now in order to find your way into the NBA as a drafted player that primarily works out of the low post. Or you have to be like Nikola Jokic, where you can dominate out of the low post, but you make everybody around you. Tenfold better, absolutely better in almost every single way on the offensive side, whether it be assisting the rebounds that you're getting uh, and the effectiveness to score at that mid range, which it feels like is almost automatic. Um, so that's how I mean, that's that's the gulf that you have. If you're an NBA or a college basketball player that's trying to make that leap into the NBA, you have to either be the absolute one of the best players that like we have to they have to be able to scout you out as being one of the best players in the league or you're going to go undrafted and you're going to sign a, you know, 10 day contract or whatever it is, a undrafted free agent um, uh, contract with this particular team. You're going to have to earn your way onto the team in order to make minutes. So that's kind of the difference between how far in, in football, it's a little bit different. Whereas you're most of the time, if you're one of the best players in college football, the translation into the NFL is not that, um, you know, it gets faster and everything like that, but it's not that, big of a change in terms of the philosophy of the game has not necessarily changed as much. And it ha when it has changed, it has changed down in college football as well. So those are, um, th that's kind of the reason I think the NBA draft has an issue on its hands when it comes to being able to market some of these players. Um, 
when it comes to draft time, when you're when you're constantly seeing guys like Drew Timmy dominate in the uh, NCAA in the college basketball tournament, and then during the regular season, Oscar Oscar Shibwe as well, uh, and then to see them not go drafted, then you're sitting there thinking like, okay, I don't understand what I'm really watching then, you know, or I don't get what they're looking for. If this guy was one of the best in the NCAA, then why would he not be one of the best in the NBA? That's a common problem in the NBA. I think it's because the NBA is drastically changed over the past, you know, 10 to 15 years, uh, maybe even less than that, of what they're actually looking for in players versus what is actually effective in college basketball. But with that being said, I, I do think that as time goes on now with how much NIL is going to affect how much these kids are going to make and these players are going to make in the NCAA uh, while playing college basketball. I think we'll see one of the other problems that I think a lot of people have, which is longevity of these specific players. Um, we're going to, I think in my opinion, we're going to see more three to four year stars uh, in stay in college basketball because they know, hopefully they're having the honest conversation with an agent or whatever. Um, they're going to have this honest conversation with themselves and their agent, or whoever their coach uh, that states, you know, hey, your the way you play is not necessarily going to translate very well into the NBA. So you should stay in college and just make as much money as possible in NIL. And I think that is going to become something that we see more of in uh, college basketball. So I think they're trying to fix the other problem that I think a lot of people have with um, college basketball, which has started, you know, more recently again, within the last 10 to 15 years, uh, where we see a lot of one and dones, uh, they tried to do something where they keep, uh, they tried to keep guys in college for two years. If I remember correctly, I don't know how well that went over obviously, but you still had a lot of one and dones, uh, because obviously, you know, before NIL, you go to college for one year, you're not getting paid anything, even though you're, you know, the brunt of how the university makes a lot of money. Then you go into the NBA to make your money, which you deserve. Your career only lasts so long, which totally makes sense. They're going to go to the NBA to make the money that they feel like they deserve. And they, for the most part, absolutely do deserve. Um, so I think with NIL becoming a stronger and stronger thing, we'll see how much it affects the transfer portal, obviously, because again, you could be creating another animal in that situation where, um, you know, instead of guys leaving for the NBA after one year, you just have them leaving for another university and then they stay for another four years somewhere else. Um, and that could create another issue in that sense as well. But I think for the most part, they are trying to solve that issue of longevity in their teams with the um, introduction of NIL for a lot of these college athletes where we will see more of these three to four year stints uh, between college basketball players because uh, they either know that they're not going to be, you know, their, their, their operation or their, um, their ability or how they play is going to translate very well into the NBA. So they're going to attempt to make as much money as they can playing the game that they love basketball um, in in college. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for a break to hear from one of our sponsors. That is right. A sponsor of the program. We have our first sponsor on this program in the history of the program. And it is Jack and Kathleen Wood at 307 real estate. Now look, ladies and gentlemen, I get it. You got to navigate the real estate market. It is impossible. Everybody on house hunters makes it look super easy. They just go into three different houses and they pick the house they want. Boom, bang, boom. Episodes over. They have a house. It's not that easy, ladies and gentlemen. And Jack and Kathleen Wood 
will be able to help you throughout that process. And even the people in House Hunters, they have a real estate agent. And these people, Jack Wood, Kathleen Wood at 307 Real Estate could be your House Hunter-esque real estate agent. So if you're looking to buy real estate, sell real estate in the Sheridan area, these are the two people you should call Jack at 307-763-1249 and Kathleen at 307-461-7203. So listeners, one of the only things I'll ask from you is to support the people that support the show. And that includes these two, Jack and Kathleen Wood at 307 Real Estate. Thank you very much for the sponsorship and make sure you contact them for all of your real estate needs at 307-763-1249 and 307-461-7203. Okay, I want to also continue here with, we're done with college basketball, we're done talking about that, but I do want to continue with um, some NIL discussion because I think I was having a conversation with one of my colleagues here today, um, Grant, and um we had a conversation regarding uh, NIL just in general. And I think there is a, you know, and, and me and him see a lot of the same, uh, see it from the same perspective, but I think there is a pretty large misunderstanding about what NIL actually is and what it does for um, the players of specific teams or what have you. Um, and I think it is important that we come to an understanding of what NIL actually is. NIL, all it is, okay, We, I think the understanding comes from the idea that the university is paying these kids, you know, your tax dollars are going to paying for these kids to play football, basketball, whatever it is, um, and that's not the case. That is absolutely not the case. Um, NIL is just the ability for college athletes to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. It is that easy. They can go sell jerseys now. A lot of people, I think, don't understand also how archaic uh the old system was before nil became a uh, became a thing that was working in the, in the ncaa you gotta understand they these kids that went on to play for these universities especially you know the major universities for sure they were making absolutely nothing uh they couldn't go and work jobs uh, i mean for the most part uh playing for the ncaa university or anything like that because that could be seen as a way for them to make money off of their name image and likeness and that could come down as ncaa sanctions so they couldn't even go and work while they were playing football or basketball or whatever uh for if they were playing for any of those teams they couldn't go and get a job at a restaurant they couldn't go and get a job at a car wash or anything like that because it was seen as a way uh, the NCAA could construe it as a way that this car wash or this restaurant was using this person, this athlete, to promote their business, and the athlete was making money off of it, which, in the grand scheme of things, the NCAA at the time was like, that's a no-no. You cannot make money uh, off of your name, image, or likeness if you are playing football, basketball, hockey, baseball at a university or at a school. And in the meantime, while that was happening, while the NCAA was saying, no, you can't make this money, you absolutely cannot, we'll pay you in a scholarship, which at the end of the day, if you compare the amount of money that these players were making, uh, excuse me, that the, the players were making for the university, depending on which university you're talking about, but for the most part, a lot of them, um, if you compare that to what they were actually making the university in terms of uh, money that they were bringing in off of tickets, 
uh, other jersey sales that weren't necessarily didn't have any names on the back of them, but some of them did. Uh, jersey sales, you know, hot dogs, you know, whatever, drinks, the whole likeness, uh, season ticket sales, advertising sales, you know, the whole thing. Um, it is like seeing uh, if you, if the college kid was a car, it was like a 1992 uh, Saturn pulled up next to a dock. And even though this Saturn, this car, the, the driver of the Saturn had made the company that he was working for the absolute most money ever in the history of the company. He was still sitting there in this 1992 Saturn uh, that could barely fill up a ticket gas. He has to, you know, scratch money together to go and get food. And then he's sitting on the stock and he sees the university president that he works for technically works for, but as a student, so it's not technically working for, uh, but who he's making this money for pulls up in not a car. He pulls up to the dock in his 400 foot yacht and says, Hey buddy, thanks for everything that you're doing for this college. Uh, here are the keys to a 1996 Saturn because guess what you work for you're, you're going to school under a scholarship. So here's this 1996 Saturn, even though the college, the, the, the Saturn, the person driving the Saturn was the one that made the money for the university to get the yacht. The guy has to drive around in the 1996 Saturn. But even then, the, the university president couldn't give him the Saturn, uh, technically, because that would be an offense. He'd be giving money to an athlete. So it'd be more like he's got the 1992 Saturn. Hey, how about, you know, maybe you get a new car. That's what the university president would say. Hey, hey, how about this? How about you go get a new car? I, won't, I can't help you with it by any means. Absolutely not. But thank you for giving Every piece of your power, I mean, every piece of your power, it was, it was, it was unpaid labor. That's really what it was up until I, I'll just, I'll cut, I'll cut the metaphor. It was unpaid labor for, for a lot of those teams and every, you know, athlete that was on those teams, it was unpaid labor. Everybody, they were making money off of the backs of unpaid labor in the year 2020, as recently as 2019, they were making money off of the backs of unpaid labor. That is what it was in the NCAA. They won't say it that they will never, ever admit to that. They'll call them student athletes. And because they were giving them a scholarship, it was, you know, equal to what it was worth that what they were bringing in. It was equal. We were giving them an education, even though in the end, uh, that education towards the end, not even close, not even remotely close to what they could have gotten in that situation if they were able to sell their name, image, or likeness. What that scholarship would end up getting them uh, would not even be close to what the money they would make in NIL. But it, here, here's your free education. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Which, granted, to a lot of people, would be a gift. I absolutely 100% true. But when that is given to you versus the tens of millions of dollars that you could be making because of what you're doing for the university and the university is just taking the money and keeping it and saying, Hey, here have this scholarship that, that at the end of the day might not even come remotely close to the amount of money you could have made here. If you were able to sell your name, image and likeness, sell jerseys, go to commercials for car washes or whatever, not that, that, that might not even come close, not even an inch close to uh, what you could have made, but you know, here's the scholarship, whatever. And now with NIL in effect, it allows the kids to go and make their own money off of name, their name, image, and likeness. They finally have a dog in the race that they can go and use to go and make money off of what they are doing for the university and what they're doing for the community that they're in. Uh, and I think it's a fantastic 
thing. I, I think it's perfect. Uh, perfect, maybe a little strong word. We'll get into the cons for sure here in a second. Uh, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. But I do think it is a very good way for them to finally, finally, finally get out of the situation. We were, we, I mean, we were literally talking about unpaid labor for these kids who are, I mean, especially in football, hockey as well, they are putting their bodies on the line, uh, their futures on the line playing that sport uh, or those sports. If one thing goes wrong, you're talking about the end of your career, not just football, but it can really change your life entirely uh, off the field as well. Um, you know, depending on injuries and that sort of thing, you might not be able to do the thing you got the scholarship for, if you've got a serious injury, not to mention if you do get injured and you're not able to, you know, play football anymore, the NCAA or the university you're at can just take that scholarship away and then you're paying for college again. That was a very real thing that was happening as well. So um, I think it finally allows uh, college kids and, you know, people that are there and they're not even kids, by the way. Uh, another point, we say college kids, they're 18 and up. They are adults. They should be able to make the money uh, that they deserve bringing in the millions and millions of dollars that they do. The SEC, who just went into um, broadcast negotiations, they're not going to be on CBS anymore. Uh, I guess this negotiation uh, ended a couple of years ago, but now they're going into their new contract uh, and it is going to be SEC is going to be broadcasted solely on ESPN and ESPN platforms and the SEC, their sports contract that they were able to sign with ESPN and the ESPN platform was worth three billion dollars with a B three billion dollars. Just think. Three, four, five years ago, none of that money, literally zero of those dollars, zero would have gone to any of the students. And now we're in the process of at least, you know, since you're using name, image and likeness, the kids will at least have a seat at the table for being able to make them that money off of their name, their image and their likeness. Now, granted, there are cons. I'm not going to say there are cons to this entire situation. Absolutely not. Uh, where we have seen, uh, I think it's very well known uh, that a lot of the deals that were happening for the biggest college recruits were happening under the table uh, during, you know, when the NCAA was basically allowing unpaid labor. Uh, I think a lot of the biggest athletes for the uh, for the biggest schools were getting paid under the table. I do not doubt that whatsoever. Um, but now it is come out into the open and it has just become the wild, wild west. Um, you have, you know, the schools aren't necessarily allowed to say, hey, if you come here, so if let's make another analogy, given uh, even though the last one went very well, um, let's make another analogy. Uh, let's say some kid wants to, the top recruit from Florida wants to go to either Georgia or Alabama. Uh, but, you know, one might have, he might have an affinity towards one just because he grew up watching Georgia or something like that. But Alabama, um, they cannot openly come out and say, hey, we're going to offer you $10 million to come here and play. Okay. They're, they're not allowed to do that. But what they will say, what it is possible to say is whoever's the scouting director or whatever can be like, hey, uh, if you come here, I have a couple of guys you, you should probably meet. Um, they are willing to offer you a substantial package to come and play uh, based on your NIL deal to come and play for Alabama. And if Georgia's not able to match that, then he will go on and possibly play for Alabama. That is something that is actively happening. It is just open bidding wars for some of these kids, which granted, that's not, I wish you would get out of recruiting just a little bit. I wish recruiting was maybe a little less 
um, money related, even though I mean, it was money related the entire time it, you know, it wasn't supposed to be money related. I wish it was a little more, um, you know, honest recruiting, quote unquote, which I know I'm being gleefully naive in that situation. But I do wish that there was some sort of, um, you know, stipulation put on to recruiting that said, you know, you're not allowed to or, you know, the people, your your boosters are not allowed to offer any recruit money to try to sway his their the recruit's decision to come and play for any particular team. Granted, that's been going on forever. I am being willfully ignorant if I wanted that to happen, obviously. But it's just happening more out in the open now than ever before. And I would say that's a con. I think that the uh, the uh, the thing I liked about recruiting was that it <laughs> before was that it felt like it felt like because it was all going on under the table. It felt like the player just wanted to come to that particular school. He wanted to come and play. It wasn't necessarily entirely about the money. But now, since a lot of it is all just out on the open, it does. It's just like, you know, I we our school has an NIL package that will be able to net you $15 million. Please come and play for us. And that's been, you know, a lot of the SEC, school, SEC schools um, mantra to try and get people to come and play, which, you know, more power to them. I don't, you know, no hate towards that. SEC is a monster. It might as well be minor league football at this point. Um, but, you know, I just wish it was a little more college you know college football authentic you know what i mean but again i'm being completely ignorant in that sense but i do think it's a con i i think the open bidding war has just made it feel a little icky you know what i mean when it was under the table at least we could be ignorant for it uh ignorant about it but now since it's just you know very openly discussed uh, amongst colleges and and boosters and stuff like that you know before you had to go into a back alley drop a bag full of you know a hundred dollar bills and then, you know, somebody would come by, pick it up, drop it off at another alley. Somebody would come by, drop, pick it up, drop it off at a dumpster. And then, you know, some representative for the football player or the basketball player would come and get the bag of money and then leave. Now it's just, hey, you with them and they give you the, you give you, they give you the, the bag of money at the airport. It's just different. You know what I mean? It just feels a little different, you know? Uh, but anyways, I just think NIL is overall, I think it's a very good, it's a very, very good thing for college athletes in general. I think they should absolutely be making the money that they deserve, especially given the fact um, that, you know, SEC, for example, just signed a $3 billion rights deal. Uh, the, the kids should have a chance to make some sort of money off of that. And now they finally are. And I think the problem that people have had with name image likeness is just a fundamental understanding of what it is. The university isn't paying for any kids the university isn't paying for any kids. Let me be very clear, but the boosters might be. And, you know, with boosters, that's just, you know, that's, you know, your tax dollars aren't necessarily paying for any kid, uh, essentially. But the boosters who are usually very rich or are very well off, they can try to sway, get a group together to try to sway a recruit back into playing for uh, your team or, or whatever. So, you know, I, I have I have a good I'm very okay with the way nil is going uh there are cons to it like i said i i I will fully admit to that but i think for the most part uh it's it's a i mean compared to where it was uh you know 2017 2018 where you know a lot of the top guys they were absolutely getting paid i'm going to admit that it was all under the table it was the alley thing into the into the trash can that was totally happening but um now everybody on the field uh that is there gets a chance to make money whereas you know an offensive tackle uh, who was, you know, maybe the 148th rated player in the country at the time. Uh, and he's an offensive tackle, so those guys don't get a lot of uh, love or anything like that. 
Now he has a chance to go out and make money as he sees fit. And he can try to sell his, you know, jerseys, his, his image, that sort of thing. He can make a podcast and sell it to uh, commercial advertisers, that sort of thing. That is something that he can absolutely do now. Whereas before, it was an absolute no no. You could barely buy food or have, you couldn't, you absolutely could not have a coach or anything like that buy you food. That was a no. You could not do that. If a university coach, uh, head coach came or a recruiter or offensive coordinator or whatever, came to your house and brought you a meal, brought you McDonald's or something because you said we're hungry on the phone as he was driving in. He could not buy you food and give it to you. That was seen as an offense by the NCAA and you could get sanctions for that. That's a real thing. I'm not making that up. That is how extreme it was. You could not do anything like that under the rules. Granted, it was more like, Hey, are you hungry? I heard you were hungry. Okay, hold on. Let me go grab some food. And then the head coach go get some food. He hands it to some other guy that works at like the auto zone down the street. And then the guy from auto zone would come over to the house and hand him the food. And then he would say, I don't know who that head coach is. I've never heard of him. That was kind of how it was going on before. And the NCAA was just archaic. It was archaic. We're going to look back on those times of the NCAA and what was happening. And we're going to be like, how did this go on for so long like this? Um, but yeah, anyways, NIL, just a fundamental understand, uh, misunderstanding, I think, from a lot of people. Your tax dollars that go to pay for universities are not going to pay for um, players. That That is not what's happening, which... I would not be okay for obviously, uh, but you know, it, I'm not saying teams might not be breaking the rules or anything like that. And that would not be okay. Absolutely not. Okay. I, I do not want my tax dollars going and paying for football players or basketball players, or basketball players or anything like that. Let the, you know, big booster go and do that. Then I'm totally okay with it. I will cheer on my team. Uh, if that is the case and you know, no matter what I'll cheer on my team and you know, and I'll go and buy a Jersey that I know is going to go and, directly affect the pocket of the player that I'm buying the jersey from. So I'm all for NIL. Let's go. There are cons, but I'm all for it. I'm super I'm super happy with it as it stands right now. Um, there could be a couple tweaks, but I'm happy that those players are getting paid nonetheless. Um, okay, I think that is going to wrap up the show. I told you it was going to be a short one, uh, only about 40 minutes long, maybe a little less than that. Uh, you know, not a lot going on in the sports world. We talked about college sports for a whole 40 minutes and it's the middle of June. You know, not a lot going on. We just had, we did just have the college world series, which congrats to LSU. Go Tigers. G E go Tigers. You know, go Tigers. You've all heard that before at Orgeron. Uh, so congrats to LSU, but you know, we're just talking college sports here. We're just going to talk college sports and that's what we're going to do. Some NIL stuff, NBA draft stuff. It was a good show. I'm happy. I'm happy with it. Right now, 40 minutes long. It's a good spot. So uh, we're going to be off next week. Told you that already. But just a reminder, not going to be doing a show next week with uh, the 4th of July uh, Fourth of July week weekend going on. Um, no show next week. We will be back the week after. We'll be out of the office this upcoming week. But we will be back after uh, the week after. And uh, we'll be back with another show in two weeks' time. But... For now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you very much for tuning in to the Weekend Sports Rep Podcast. Remember, you can listen to the show wherever, ever you get your podcast. Wherever you want to listen to it, you can listen to it. Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. I know I have to keep running. I know this gets annoying. This part gets annoying. But listen, okay? You got to get, get those people listening to the Spotify stuff. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so listen to this wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and uh, remember to, please remember to leave a rating. I'd appreciate that as well. Five stars on any of those podcast platforms helps me out a lot. Uh, and uh, big shout out to Jack and Kathleen Wood at, at uh, 307 Real Estate, sponsors of this program. Uh, big, big thank you to them. Wouldn't be able to do it without them. Huge thank you to them. Go contact them. 
for all of your real estate needs, obviously. Uh, and uh, for now, this has been the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast. I've been your host, James Timberlake, and we're out.